The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Happy Wednesday evening, everybody. It's October 28th, Wednesday night on Wrestling Inc. And we got another Wednesday Night War to talk about. I'm your host, Justin LaBar, being joined by Wrestling Inc.'s owner and proprietor, Raj Geary. Raj, good evening. How's it going, man? Lottie freaking die. And Mr. Matt Morgan, the blueprint on Wednesday night. Matt, how you feeling? <laughs> no selling. Yeah. Or is he frozen? He's, he's so happy. He's, he's, he can't get that smile <laughs> off his face. <laughs> <laughs> I think he might have been frozen. <laughs> well, nonetheless, we'll get Matt back on here in a second. Um, yeah, fun Wednesday night. You got uh, AEW who's on the road to their next pay-per-view, Full Gear, which is uh, a week from this Saturday. And then, of course, we had a special NXT uh, geared around the Halloween Havoc gimmick. And uh, NXT's kind of made a nice little habit uh, recently of uh, being able to tap into the WWE warehouse of having great american bashes and in your houses and now halloween havocs tonight so a little nostalgia which is always a big win for the fans uh real quick in general guys uh oh any overall thoughts anything that jumped out one show that you enjoyed more we'll talk about both of course but matt i think i like AEW better even with halloween havoc rush um you know, I thought uh, I thought most of Halloween Havoc was I thought I thought better. It felt more it felt more inspired, which uh, it's rare for me to pick uh, NXT over AEW, but yeah. it, it felt like they really were were trying. I I personally didn't like the the Cameron Grimes, uh, Dexter Loomis stuff. I know a lot of people did, but uh, I thought the Candice uh, main event was awesome, and I felt like AEW tonight they, they kind of seemed on cruise control. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, in the last few weeks, I've definitely picked AEW, but I think overall, start to finish, NXT was more enjoyable. And, uh, you know, cruise control or just maybe just predictability and there's not enough reason for me to keep uh, you as my A-show, that might have been my feeling with some of Dynamite tonight, which uh, I think we'll start with Dynamite because that seems to be just the format we go. So, Raj, uh, you got to take Dynamite. I'll take NXT here. Yeah, sure. So, uh, Dynamite started off. It opened up with uh, Adam Page, Hangman Adam Page versus Wardlow in the title eliminator tournament match. Uh, MJF was not with Wardlow. Uh, this was a, a good, like, 12, 14-minute match uh, between Page and, and Wardlow. I thought they worked well together. Wardlow really impressed me in this. I thought he looked really good. For someone who's not on uh, wrestling on Dynamite every week, um, I mean, he looked, I mean, he looks like he's going he's gonna to be something there. But at the end, uh, Page hit some elbows, super fallaway slam. Buckshot Lariat and hit a second one to get the pin. One, two, three. Adam Page advances in the tournament. This this was good and just protected Wardlow by him having to hit that second Buckshot Lariat. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It, it seemed pretty predictable, obviously, that Page is going to win when you look at the bracket. You yes. see Omega on the side. So it's like, all right, how can we how can we still protect Wardlow, like Matt just said? But let's also not make him be the da-da-da guy that just snips, slips on the banana peel. You know, I mean, he dominated Hangman just the way he dominated Jungle Boy, maybe even more so tonight. Uh, even, even, you know, 
countered the, the hangman's finish earlier in the match. Looked strong. It took two of the hangman's finish to finally get him down. So, yeah, there was a protection here. And there was a little, little they keep planting the seed just before the match. They showed MJF and Wardlow backstage, and, and MJF said, oh, well, if Wardlow wins the tournament, that makes me the number one contender because you know, he works for me. So it is tr- naturally the titles just transfer over to me. So again, planting that seed for just disrespecting his uh, insurance policy. I, I thought a lot of good business was done here in this whole segment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Like I said, I think Wardlow's the star, but they're building the page and, uh, and we'll get to his opponent later. Uh, backstage, we had John Moxley and, you know, I've always thought that Moxley is a really good promo, but not necessarily a great promo. Uh, in the sense, like, he's a good talker, but he doesn't completely suck you in and get you excited. And I, I thought this segment was, was telling because you compare him and Eddie Kingston, and Eddie Kingston's the opposite. Eddie Kingston sucks you in. He gets you really, uh, really buying it. But John Moxley reflected on his past year as champion, uh, said that uh, when he uh, forces Kingston to say, I quit, there'll be no one else to blame, and that he'll crush Kingston's ego. Uh Eddie Kingston said he's sick of fighting, he wants to fight, and he said, how dare the champ not show up for tonight's show and called him a coward. Instead, he'll be facing Matt Seidel tonight. Uh, He reminded everyone that he wasn't eliminated from that match, and he said, hi, Lance, and the camera panned to Lance Archer, who was in the crowd. Um, Matt, real quick to you, uh, your thoughts on these promos. Not fantastic. Not so when I picked AEW as a whole as my favorite show is because I do like the tournament they're having. I do like the character development that they usually have each show. Say what you want. There was character development here. Um, but promos so so. Could have been better. Uh, Justin? Yeah, I mean, Moxley's stuff, I mean, sometimes they, they, they do really well at the time. It's, it's too much of that yeah. pre-Fiend syndrome of Bray Wyatt. There's too much riddle and rhyme. What does it all mean? Yes. Um, and then Eddie Kingston, you know, the nice little touch, you know, the referees or the referee, the uh, camera person in the ring, he even like kind of like off script yelled at the cameraman to get out of the ring. I don't care if the producer's telling you to get in the ring. You didn't train to be in my ring. You know, a nice little badass thing. Great there. details. Great details. Yeah. Yeah. Heel would say. Yeah. You know, you didn't train to be in my in my world. You don't be disrespecting my ring. And uh, so yeah. I thought that was nice. That was good. I guess my gripe that comes down to it, it's what Matt and I have talked about before as we get into the match, is that then Kingston gets into this match with Seidel, and again, this guy could get away with wearing vintage jerseys and jean shorts because right. he looks like he's look like he's a dude that's fighting From in the, the streets, street. and but but he's wearing this weird spandex with this weird loose like yoga pants. I don't know. Dude, it's like the Savio throw, Vega look. Yeah, dude, throw a football jersey on. Like it works for you, bro. Wear your head on backwards. Even I'll even argue. You know what I mean? It works for you. Again, this is a guy who I don't expect when the bell rings to start doing lock-up, you know, uh, headlock takeovers. I expect him, like what he says, gouge your eyeball out and tell you the graphic details on what part of his uh, your eye he's going to start in on. And, you know, that's what I believe in Eddie Kingston. Yeah. He's very real to me. Yeah. And and his talking got him here because, I mean, let's face it, he has, yes. this is his first win on Dynamite tonight, I believe, if I'm not is, mistaken. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> and he's in a world title match in a, in a couple weeks, but... Um, but yeah, his, his talking, you almost forget about it because he's been so good, but yeah, Eddie Kingston faced, uh, Matt Seidel, a pretty short match. Um, Kingston used Moxley's bulldog choke for the top, for the tap out. And then he didn't let go, did some role playing with Matt Seidel <laughs> saying, uh, say I quit, say I quit Moxley, say I quit. And Seidel said he quit. So, uh, and he attacked him after the match. So yeah, um, 
good stuff. It was exactly what it should have been. I'll be interested to see what they try to accomplish out of Full Gear because I have no expectation for Eddie Kingston to beat Moxley, but I want to see like how much do they try to make Kingston? How, how you know is is he is he sticking around so to speak? Where else is he going? Me no no meaning like is he going to be somebody who's featured? Yeah, is he somebody to be featured at least you know you know semi you know mid card semi main? Uh, or what, what, what are they going to do to try to make him so to speak? Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but this match kind of feels like fourth from the top, you know, be- yes. behind the Bucks and and uh, no and uh, FTR, and then jeez, uh, oh, oh. just Page and Page and Omega, and then now Jericho and MJF. So uh, yeah, kind of a distant fourth. But it feels it should be there though. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. That's yeah. why I don't like Mox as a world champion as well. Yeah. Uh, up next, we had Excalibur doing an interview with FTR, and in a separate room, the Young Bucks. Um, the Young Bucks were getting most of the questions, so finally FTR were like, all right, fine, we'll leave. Uh, Matt and Nick, they brought up a stipulation for the match. They said, if they don't win the title, they will never challenge for the titles ever again. So similar to the step that Cody made last year. But they're somehow, wow, so they're somehow going to win these tag titles then. I think everyone thought that with Cody, and then he lost. So, and they, they, he stuck with it. They can't make this mistake again. Yeah, maybe that's you know, a head fake. Maybe that's a head fake. Everybody got duped by Cody, so they feel like okay, this is a little extra way to add some juice to this match, and then you know they will win the tag titles. Because yeah, I can't. I can't imagine they put both the Bucks and Cody booking. You know, pigeon them in the where Cody can never challenge for a world title again, and Bucks can. I mean, the Bucks are a tag team. It's not like they have another another title to challenge for. At least Cody got to go to this new TNT title. You Maybe know? they create the TNT tag team titles. Oh God! <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> just what they need. Uh, so up next, we had the Inner Circle uh, go to the ring for their town hall with MJF. Uh, they had Luchasaurus asking, uh, you know, just sounding intellectual, asking a, a question. I had Britt Baker and, and Reba. Uh, Reba was smitten with Jericho. Uh, probably the highlight was then they went to Eric Bischoff, who made a surprise cameo. And so uh, Bischoff quoted a line from Kennedy and then asked, uh, what if uh, MJF turns on the inner circle and, and, and what can he do for him? And, you know, they said, good question, yada, yada, yada. They went back and forth. Uh, finally, Jericho said, it's you and me at full gear, and if you beat me, you're in the inner circle. So, um, so yeah, Jericho and MJF. Can I just say something though? What feels weird, that was all I was entertained by all that. Sands, uh, Luchasaurus. Yeah. Um, that stuff is corny. They've got to stop doing it with him. Um, but Luch, not Luchasaurus, but uh, um, MJF. Again, they're booking him wrong. He doesn't give a crap about being in this group. He's MJF. He's the biggest star on this roster. He's got to be assuming that everybody wants him, like they want to be in his group. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like he, you know that I did this with again, um, the main event mafia because I was younger than all of them, right? That made sense. And I know he's younger than Jericho here, but he's not some like wide-eyed young wrestler. He is the best heel in that company. Okay, arguably with Jericho, right? But one of the best heels in the business. He's a main event star. He's too big time for me, for him to be in the storyline, chasing them. Like, I want to be in the, okay, I want to be in, I want to be in. 
But but do you see it being like The Rock with the Nation, where he eventually gets in and then he Here's ends up taking problem. over? And somebody wrote me that on Twitter, I think, as an idea. And my reply to him even was, The Rock was not where MJF is right now. Nowhere mm-hmm. near it. MJF is polished. Right. We know who he is. We know his motivations. We know his we know his character's layers already. We yeah. know them all. We could peel them one by one. Rock, we did not know any. We did not know those things yet. And plus, Rock never begged to get in the nation. But it, this could all be a swerve on on MJF's part. Um, and, and I think there's yeah, I think so. there's yeah, I think there's one or two ways to go about it. You know, Matt brings up a good point about you know MJF's in a different spot than the Rock was in '97, and it's a case of. So you're one of two ways. You know, obviously, Jericho said, you know, there's one thing you've never done, Max. You never beat me. So that's that sets up, sets up the stipulation. That's Max. So one of two ways here. You know, we, we've heard Sammy and Santana and Ortiz. They all spoke up real harsh about they do not want this guy. This guy is an outsider. You're not one of us. So right. it is either it is either yes, it is either a huge swerve or MJF has got them in his pocket and they are going to ostracize Jericho and he and he's he's overtaking the inner circle. No, Justin froze up. Oh, that's an odd guy. Screen capture that. Boing. Everybody screen capture that. Oh. <laughs> you froze that up there, Justin. The, that would have been the best meme ever. <laughs> oh, I missed Justin, it. Or... Justin, you've got to see how you got frozen just now. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll, have to go, I'll have to go back and find it. Where did I leave off? Uh, about about the. Uh, I forgot. Oh. <laughs> Nobody was listening. We're, so distracted. we're so distracted by the the meme. Yeah. Uh, MJ, uh, you were talking about MJF not being where Rock was, uh, but it, you're right though. It still could be a, a setup. If, okay, so if it turns out to be a setup where they immediately jump Jericho, they get MJF to win out of it, and, and Jericho's out of the band, right? Then that works because that's MJF pulling the strings from moment one of this entire angle. And that would be the only way it would make sense for him to say, okay, I would be in the group. Yeah, Chris, you know? Yeah, I think it's either that or if he beats Chris and now he gets to be uh, brought into the inner circle and he all of a sudden says, no, I don't want to be in your stupid, lame inner circle. I'm so much better than you guys. And now you've fueled it up that way where he doesn't even – it's almost like this whole – I don't know. It's like this whole thing was kind of like a, a way to poke the bear and mock them about how much greater he is. But either or way – or, or to get Jericho into a match. This that's, is the only yeah. way to draw you out into a match and show I'm better than you because you knew I was better than you. This is the only way to get you in a match. Sure. And maybe he adds some people to to his crew, MJF. I mean, we've <coughs> talked about that in the past, you know. Uh, who, who do you have? We'll see. Oh, sorry, God. Uh, we got a super chat here from FH. Uh, he says, hey, from London, thanks for doing these reviews straight after the shows. Question from Matt, big fan, what AEW feud are you most or least interested in right now? What we just said earlier, uh, maybe on the mic, I do like Moxley and what's his name? Um, Kingston. 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 In the ring, I don't care about it whatsoever. Whatsoever. Once that bell rings, my attention ain't on it no more. So maybe that's my least out of the big matches. But uh, favorite, it should be Bucks, you know. Um, but because they don't, we're not. We don't have definitive heels and faces in this. It's freaking weird. It's not. So I'm gonna have to go with MJF Jericho. And it's weird that the Bucks were definitive faces until they're like getting put into a feud with FTR. I, I don't get it. And then, uh, I, I mean, Adam Page and Omega, I thought was a, a can't oh. miss this whole year. And that'll be a gr- the, that would be a great match. It would be great, but I just feel like it, it, it's it's missing something right now. And may, and maybe they'll take it, 
uh, take it somewhere else once feel, you know full gear happens. But it's tough because one of those two have to like they both need this in a weird way. I feel yeah because they've blundered a little bit. You know, uh, Cowboy as well, not just Kenny. Yeah, Kenny's so even ha- though. Sorry. Yeah. So we had that MJF segment. I personally thought, as far as their comedy segments go, uh, you know, their in in ring segments, I thought this was one of the the weaker ones. And I'm a big fan of theirs. I like the steak dinner. I know a lot of people didn't, but it, you know, no, you're right. It was. It was. Yeah, I, I just felt like a lot of the comedy didn't click as as well as it usually does. It started with Luchasaurus, man. It didn't yeah, get prettier. <laughs> set it off on the wrong, yeah, set it off on the wrong foot. By the way, thank you, Jackson Callens, for immediately messaging me the uh, the me frozen and what it's going to look like. So thank you. Very much. <laughs> what does it look like you're doing, uh, Justin? <laughs> Eating in a popsicle there, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, up we had uh, Cody versus Orange Cassidy in a lumberjack match for the A and T uh, AEW TNT title. Um. This was another. They had another kind of long match, uh, and, and just call I, it lame. It was lame. Let's, let's call it lame. I mean, if you're just looking at in ring action, I thought it was fine. But that's not what makes Orange Cassidy to me. And uh, anyway, um, what? The, oh my gosh, well, I'm forgetting his name. Silver from the Dark Order uh, just randomly ran in during the match, attacked Cassidy. Um, and then Cody turned around, saw him, threw, uh, threw him out of the ring. Cody grabbed Cassidy, hit him with the crossroads, covered him, one, two, three. Cody gets the win by pinfall. And after the match, you see Darby Allen looking on from, from the rafters. He's watching. And then the gun club randomly comes in and starts clearing everyone out of the ring. And Cody's watching from, from the ramp. So, Yeah. So I'm guessing this is leading to something on Dark. Maybe uh, the Gun Club versus the Dark Order. Not excited. We're we're starting to we're starting to overexpose Orange Cassidy a little bit too much, uh, without anything progressing. He hasn't won a title. He's not moving his way up. We've seen if he was going to beat Cody, he would have done it already. Lumberjack match. I'm in the Survivor Series season where I'm going to bitch about it every week. How it's an outdated concept that was good 30 years ago, but five one five is not a big deal when you see the, all these guys on TV every week. Same thing with Lumberjack match. Lumberjack match. There was a Lumberjack match between like Shawn Michaels and Hacksaw Jim Duggan in Raw, on Raw in the Manhattan Center in 1993. It was a big deal because you never saw all these guys together on TV at one time unless it's pay-per-view. Right, right. Lumberjack match in 2020. All that is is easy fodder for everybody. Let's get on the top rope and let's do a whole bunch of spots where everybody's going to catch us. It, it, it is just pointless. And it, it, it didn't even make sense in this. It's not like Cody's been running from Orange Cassidy or Orange Cassidy's been running from Cody. It's not like you need a ring or a, a ring surrounded full of people to, to, to stop right. them from leaving. This was right. just pointless. Yeah, it was just a random gimmick for, for no reason. There was nothing no. yet that set that up last week. Um, Mr. X saying AEW is surprisingly predictable tonight. And I, I agree. I thought every match, there was no question who was winning. Um, Justin Lopez with the $5 super chat saying bucks are doing the same step Cody did last year at full gear without the emotional investment. That is a good point. It good was just kind of randomly thrown out there for, for no reason, really. Again. Yeah. Um, so backstage we had the best friends bumping into Miro and Kip Sabian. I hate what they're doing with Miro. Uh, Miro says they have a gift for the guys, no hard feelings. Pen LP Ford showed up, said trick or treat, and then Miro and Sabian beat them up. Miro threw Trent into a wall and said, I will never forgive you, never. 
And the gift was just the controller for the arcade that was previously destroyed. What the flying bleep? <laughs> what the heck? Come on. Mira, this... you're not in WWE anymore. You have a voice. You could tell them, no, I'm not doing this. He did it does... an, Miro did an interview with Inside the Ropes, and he made it sound like a lot of this is his idea. Like he's which loving this, like he real life is loving this for some reason. Which and and I'm a nice I'm a Twitch. I'm a big fan. I mean, I was a fan of him as Rusev, and I'm just a general fan of him. Yes, but like when you come out and you kind of you know you do a nice little shake of the wrestling world with that blunt promo of your brass ring and and shove it up your ass and all the stuff that he said. And then you, and then, and then your immediate creative, which if you're kind of taking credit for it, is to be fighting over th- this. It, it makes it, it, you know what it, you know what it looks like, Mirror. It makes it look like maybe you should have had the brass ring to be going after in their creative, because if this is your creative and this is your being able to just fly free, it don't make you look too good. And maybe you're saying maybe he did need that structure, um, because again, wrestlers sometimes don't know their own strengths and don't know their weaknesses. Where WWE, say what you want. The old Paul Heyman philosophy, Jim Cornette philosophy, you know, play your strengths, hide your weaknesses. Now, don't don't get me wrong. And if Mira's telling the truth, and I have no doubt that he is, that when he when he he said in an interview somewhere in the last couple of months, uh, how he's not when, booking his own angle, bro. No, well, I don't buy that. Aside from that, but he said he said a few months somewhere in an interview how or on Twitch how like when the Rusev chance the or the Rusev day was getting over how Vince was like oh they're mocking you ha ha and then he was like well my shirt's been selling out oh they must have not made enough shirts like yes those things I see are frustrating to you and that they are out of touch not realizing that you're getting over but still my point is is like when you try to like try to cut this promo like the establishment's been holding you down and this is the first thing creatively you have to offer on the alternative that's not a good yeah. look yeah no I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, he's he doesn't. I, I, you forget he's there until they show then until he shows up. So, um, I, just, I, I hope they change. Play. I he's, hope they change he's, gears. He's being a good team player. I do not think he came up with this storyline. No way. I hope think not. his promos. He's had his own bullet points to it. He has a little more freedom that way. What he's doing in the ring, especially as well. There's no way in God's green earth like he's sitting there at uh, uh, with the, 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 the boards on TV and the time blocks right. And like, and at this part, I'm gonna slam your head into the arcade game. Like, no. no. <laughs> All right. Up next, we had Serena Deeb versus Layla Hirsch. Uh, they uh, they showed a promo backstage with Deeb, who talked about how she beat Thunder Rosa last night to win the NWA Women's World Championship. Now, apparently, AEW and WWE have interest in Rosa, so uh, we will see where she ends up. But uh, Serena Deeb looked really good here. Uh, I mean, it was a short match. Serena Deeb winning by submission, but. Uh, it looked good. How did she win, really quick? How did she win the title last night? Uh, some indie, some indie show, uh, or the, uh, the they do that weekly pay per view on Fight, the UWN Primetime Live. Was it an NWA show? Yeah, it's like an NWA deal. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, good for Deeb. I like that. It it feels like the NWA Women's World Title is more important on AEW television than the AEW the Women's Title is. I'll say it yeah. flat out, the champion is better. To, to Justin's point, <laughs> go to a backstage segment, and Hikaru uh, uh, Shida's backstage, and basically uh, is set is told that oh Nyla Rose wants you, uh, you know, and then Hikaru Shida says sure we'll wrestle at full gear. So that was 
the build for this women's match. So, Justin, to your point, it was like nothing. Yeah, I don't know if uh, I mean Billy Corgan. Obviously, is who owns NWA. Who knows what's going to happen with them? They've they've obviously they were victims of the pandemic, and then obviously they had some controversy through early this year. So I don't know if this is like a setup of like trying to get part of this NWA property here, or if they're going to do co mingling in the long term, the future with AEW. But yeah, it just it feels like there's more investment and more interest in the NWA Women's Champion than there is in this AEW. I you know, and I I I don't know. I hate to crap on Sheeta, but I just I just don't. Not feeling it. Haven't felt it. Yeah. Uh, Matt? What do you want me to say to that? <laughs> it was all said. The upcoming, the th- what, their pay-per-view, their pay-per-view match? Or, or the fact that... Just, it just how it was built up in that backstage segment. <laughs> it was lame. Super fast. Um, no emotional investment. But I do hope um, she loses the title. Uh, up next, we had Sean Spears wrestle a squat ma- squash match. Now, this was a filler match. It was originally supposed to be Abaddon. Uh, this this whole show was taped last Thursday. Right. Abaddon right. got seriously injured, so they filmed this to kind of take its place. Uh, quick match, Sean Spears getting the hitting the C4 uh, pin, and that was it. After the match, there was someone in a costume uh, at ringside throwing stuff at him. So Sean went out, attacked him. Threw him in the ring, and lo and behold, it's Scorpio Sky, and Sky hit a TKO on Spears to, to end that segment. Um, Matt, anything? Um, I loved it because I love me some Sean Spears. I do, and I like him getting an easy win and being built a little bit, even if it wasn't meant to be built. Yeah, Justin? Yeah, uh, this is where I looked at, again, the graphics. Dark comes into play. Sean Spears has got like a... 14 and 2 record, but I barely seen him wrestle on Dynamite. So, this is, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I, he, he's got great look, great skills. So, hopefully, they, they get some momentum under his legs. Yeah. Yeah. They really haven't done much with him since he lost to Cody. I know he's been feuding with Scorpio Sky on Dark, but as far as on Dynamite, he's been, I mean, his appearances have been very and, brief. And, and by the way, that's a very good feud. Dude, they're ma- it's really good. The pairing with Tully, I'm still not quite like. Like Tully makes total sense yeah. with FTR. It makes total sense because they look like they would have teamed with Tully if they were around his in his era. But like Tully with Spears, I still don't get. Yeah. Um. Next, next was the main event: Pentel Zero with Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix was injured last week during his match with Penta uh, against Kenny Omega. Title Eliminator Tournament match. Um. Good match. It was uh, pretty much what you would expect from these two. Um, you know, lots of good back and forth, crazy package pile drivers. Uh, finally, uh, finally at the end, Pented went for a springboard slide blade and ate a knee, and he got the one-winged angel to get pinned. One, two, three. Kenny Omega goes on to face Hangman Page at full gear. This was an awesome match, I thought. I, I love this it. match. Yeah, it's good, and and you need these two names against each other on American television to be what the drawing is. Because if you've paid attention even the slightest bit, you know the result. So it's not like that's what you're hanging on to see is who wins. You know who's going to win. So you just have to hope that they just deliver on their name value and styles. And it was entertaining. Again, Kenny Omega said it last week. I'll say it again. I like this edge to him. I like this switchback. It's better than what the Kenny Omega had been seen uh, yes. side by side. It was not better than what NXT was doing. And granted, NXT had an overrun, which we'll get to. Um, so it was good, but I this this kind of ties into what I said at the start of this podcast. I think NXT start to finish did a better show in terms of need to see things. 
Yeah, and I, I thought this was good too. It's just it's just kind of I'm I guess I'm getting kind of used to Kenny Omega matches. Like I kinda of know what's coming. You kinda of know they're gonna kick out at two and you know that you know, he's gonna win with the one winged angel and you're just kinda of waiting until that happens and see them trade moves. But um it was still it was, I mean it's still entertaining, but and the right guy won, so there we go. That was uh, that was AEW Dynamite. Again, I thought of uh, each match was predictable, but it was still an easy to watch show. Yeah, easy to watch. Not tough, for sure. For right. sure. All right, so on the flip side over on USA Network, we have NXT Halloween Havoc, so a little special event tonight here for NXT coming from the Capitol Wrestling Center at the Performance Center. Shotzi Blackheart is our host, uh, and it's a pretty cool stage, a whole, whole setup. They had some Halloween shenanigans and burial shenanigans. I got the ropes orange. Looks pretty cool. And uh, first match is the one of two matches that are going to be a spin the wheel, make the deal. And it's going to be between uh, Johnny Gargano up against North, uh, NXT North American champion Damian Priest. And the wheel gives us a devil's playground match, which is basically a falls kind of anywhere, anything goes match. Uh, and that match, and that's what it was. This thing went all around the Capitol Wrestling Center and went backstage, went through the different props. Uh, really fun match, a couple segments, uh, weapons, everything you can imagine. Um, ultimately, they end up finishing this match. They're up on like a staging area where the wheel is, where all the, again, the graveyard props are. And uh, Priest looks like he's getting ready to hit a finisher on Gargano. And then out of nowhere, uh, the the masked killer, like from the Scream movies, it's the exact same mask and garb. Uh, somebody in that garb shows up and attacks Priest. Gargano first kind of looks stunned, like he doesn't know what's going on. Then he's smiling like he does know what's going on. Ends up taking a tombstone, smashes it over Priest. Priest falls however many feet. Uh, Gargano gets the one, two, three. So Johnny Gargano is your new NXT North American champion. The masked man is never revealed, so stay tuned later. But I thought a a really fun opening match here. Uh, Matt, (laughs) spin the wheel, make a deal. It was. I didn't like Gargano becoming champion. Nothing. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. That that kind of bugged me was uh, Gargano regaining the title already. I thought uh, uh, Damian Priest, uh, he seemed like he was due for a long run unless, I, you know, anytime I see someone like Damian Priest who you could tell is someone that Vince would like uh, taking up. a loss here. Yeah, exactly. It seems like he's, he might be getting called up. Or, I mean... <laughs> There's been, I mean, the the world title in NXT has been riddled with injury with Cross and then Finn, unless they have a plan to bump Priest up in that picture. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, that could be too. So uh, stay tuned with uh, the Gargano and family uh, and mystery people. Uh, Then we finally see the first time. Real quick, who do you think is the mystery guy? I don't know. I mean, I I guess we can make that prediction once we get to the end of the show, because since we're not done with it, hint, hint. Uh, We get the first time I've seen uh, Vic (laughs) Joseph and Wade Barrett on on camera they of course challenge each other to have a costume contest and they go to this they go to them at the booth and vic is dressed as where's waldo looking ridiculous bad news or or barrett is dressed just like he normally is and vic's mad like i thought you were gonna dress up and then barrett pulls out a gavel he goes i'm my favorite superstar i'm bad news barrett Uh, (laughs) so kind of hanging vic out to dry there on the uh costume costume. vic looked like a a dead ringer of of waldo (laughs) Waldo. yeah uh, after that, we get um, 
we see Pat McAfee and Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch are going to be coming to the ring soon. We also get backstage of Cameron Grimes. He's all worried for his match later, <laughs> and he's got William Regal bugging William Regal. So, again, plugging what we have coming up here. So we get an in-ring promo. McAfee out there with the new tag champions, uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. McAfee does a really lengthy promo, even so much where I think he was starting to go over and they were queuing him off. But it was a promo that needed to be cut. It was basically him explaining everything, which is uh, obviously his loss to Adam Cole, Adam Cole didn't even show him respect for how good that he did for how good Pat did in the ring. Pat realized he needed to get revenge, so he hired Ridge Holland, who wanted a car. He got Ridge to do the dirty work because Pat had no time to go to do the dirty work, and Pat proceeds to plug all the things he has going on, his new show on Sirius XM, et cetera, et cetera. He doesn't have busy, do my dirty work. Holland does the dirty work. Holland gets injured, so then he also gets a... Uh, um, Orkin, Lorkin and Birch on the payroll. So explaining just everything that there is here. We get all of a sudden Kyle O'Reilly coming out. It looks like Kyle O'Reilly is going to be outnumbered. Then here comes Pete Dunn to join. We have not seen Pete Dunn on NXT on Wednesday night since March. That's the start of the pandemic. Both have steel chairs. They get in the ring. McAfee and crew get out, and all of a sudden Dunn, boom, backstabs O'Reilly, hits him with the chair. Looks like Pete Dunn is on the Pat McAfee payroll. Okay. This is good. I like this. Rush. Uh, Pete Dunn looked good. I mean, he looks jacked. jacked. Yes, he yeah. did. Until you see him next to somebody a little bit taller. But yes, he did. I like Pete Dunn a lot. I mean, considering he'd always been kind of, you know, a little pudgy. He I guess, is. But... Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, he, he got in shape during his time off. Yeah, so uh, again, I think I think it's usually Survivor Series weekend, right, Raj? That NXT does like a war game. So that seems to be what we're building to here is a Pat McAfee war team and probably an Adam Cole team, right? Yeah, and I think Pat McAfee. You look at him. You look at him in that ring. The way he talks. I mean, he completely overshadows uh, yes. uh, the other guys. But he's someone like the main roster could really use. Uh, you know, it's just someone. You know, first he's a celebrity. Can also talk. He he gets it. But then I'd be worried that they'd screw him on the main roster with those uh, scripted promos. But, you know, I, I just feel like there's more of an upside of him on the main roster. Justin Lopez. Good, Justin Lopez. Sorry, Justin Lopez, $5. Uh, this has to be set up a War Games match for the December takeover. I gather with Dunn taking Holland's spot in the group. Yeah, I would agree yeah. with that. Rich Holland is out for a little bit of time. Uh, and we got four ninety nine for Joshua Taylor. Looks like they're setting up an eight-man between Undisputed Era and McAfee's team. I was going to say, McAfee's a celebrity. They wouldn't overly script him on Raw, I don't think. They, did you hear that, that about that time he got yelled at by Michael Cole for wearing <laughs> uh, suit shorts at WrestleMania? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> he was wearing last year's WrestleMania. He showed up and uh, he had a suit but with shorts like, the, like LeBron wore. They're like suit shorts, like dressy shorts. And uh, I guess Michael Cole started yelling at him. Pat McAfee got pissed, went and talked to Vince. And Vince sided with him, saying, all right, I guess they're cool. But <laughs> you know. He's a celebrity. Shut up, Cole. <laughs> Krana Shaw, $5. Glad Pete Dunn is back on NXT and back as a heel. Plus, Pete yes. never forgot Roddy betraying him and joining the Undisputed Era. Right. Good connection. Tying some loose ends together. Right. All right, so uh, a, a lot of business that had there, so check that out if you missed any of it. Uh, up next, NXT Cruiserweight Champion Santos Escobar up against Jake Atlas. Uh, this is what you'd expect it to be. Escobar, of course, has Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild out there. They cause a little bit of trouble, uh, ultimately helping uh, Escobar hit the Phantom Driver for the 1-2-3. So uh, this trio uh, continues to ride high. 
They do. I, I thanks to the fans that sent me the clip of Atlas doing his DDT off uh, his cartwheel DDT on the top rope. Holy crap! That dude is super talented. I like Jake Atlas. I know he lost here, but I like him a lot. Does Escobar being with the uh, Mendoza and uh, bring him down? Yeah, oh, bring him down. Yes, it does. That's what I feel like. I feel like he'd be better off without them. Like he by would himself. be better off. He would. Nah, I look at it as always good to have henchmen. Always looks like you have control. Yeah, but it kind of, I'm just going to be honest. It feels like a bootleg Lucha house party a little bit. I feel as like far- he's not a, a big enough star yet to where he completely outshines him, so it kind of brings him down as opposed to... It's not like Edge when he had Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder where he was so where far he, and beyond. Yeah. That, um, yeah, where he was a, yeah, you're right. Yeah. All right, so keeping it going, we get a video package of Ember Moon uh, cutting a promo on Dakota Kai, so that's coming. Um, we also get uh, more Shotzi Blackheart just hyping up Halloween Havoc, because up next is the Haunted House of Terror match between Cameron Grimes and Dexter Loomis. So this is... Uh, they, <laughs> they segued into this by having, again, more of Grimes backstage, freaking out. He's outside. He sees this weird white van and this guy in the passenger seat and all of a sudden the door slides open and out comes the Freebird. Michael P.S. Hayes doing some 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 Freebird uh, cosplay and Halloween stuff. A little bit of uh, fun and then ultimately Grimes gets in that van and that's going to be the van that takes him to this house of uh, terror match. And so it's, it's the first part of this done cinematic style um, you know, compared to Bray Wyatt's stuff with Randy Orton compared to Boneyard match. It's definitely more of a skit than a match. It's 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 a lot of Grimes trying to stay in his character, trying to be like, you know, oh, I'm Cameron Grimes. I'm not scared. He's going through. He's getting spooked by all these little things. Dexter Loomis constantly lurking in the background. Eventually, answers this creepy house. Uh, he and he and Loomis fighting. It's it's mostly Loomis just having the upper hand, just choking him out of nowhere. Uh, a key point: Grimes in a bathroom. He sees what he thinks is a silhouette of a sexy woman in the shower. He goes to approach the woman. It turns out she's a zombie. There's a lot of zombies in the house. Ultimately. Grimes, after some fighting back and forth, escapes the house and goes running, and we get the graphic to be continued. So this is not done for the night. So, um, you know, uh, I think this might have been better than what we would have got if it was all a straight live match. I, I give them props for trying to do something and trying to do what they've largely done well, which is cinematic stuff. Let's talk about it once we get back to the to be continued. Okay. Uh, well, that'll come in just a little bit, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll package it all together. Um, we get Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Gonzalez. Of course, the tale of the tape of this: Rhea Ripley, five foot ten; Raquel Gonzalez, six foot. And these two women go at it. These these two statues, I believe, is Barrett called, which is the right description. Hard hitting, go at it. Battle of, of bigger stature and 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 strength in women here. Good to watch. Ultimately, in the end, uh, Ripley ends up hitting her uh, Riptide in the middle of the ring, and she gets the victory. But no harm done to Raquel Gonzalez here. This was just no. a slam slam banger, as Nick Houseman would say. The right person won, but I'll also say Gonzalez, she's got potential. She has some big potential because she wrestles, like we've said, she wrestles like a, uh, normally you'd say big guy, but nowadays you say, or you'd say big man, right? Like a giant. Um, She does though, but she wrestles like a bigger athlete. Do you know what I mean? And, and, And she makes it a bigger deal to come off her feet. Her offense is brutal in a good way. It's believable. I like her. I like Gonzalez a lot. Yeah, I thought I was really impressed with her. I, yeah. I mean, good win for Rhea, but that stood out right. to me more was just how much she's improved and just how good she looked in this match. And 
yeah, Matt, to your point, working, working as a, yeah, working big, like just not working, trying to do what everyone else does, not trying to do flips and, and, and dives and everything, but, you know, making it look like a big deal when you take her off her feet. She was, I thought she was awesome. I see, I can see her being a big star. Yeah. 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 Raquel's Raquel's come a long way, relatively speaking to the lack of TV time she's had. Uh, So Good showing here um, in the $5 Super Chat from Alejandro. Escobar can be a main star by himself in Mexico. He was a major star. What I see as a yeah. problem with him is uh, probably the language barrier. Okay. I don't know and what also, his... I'm really quick, I don't necessarily agree with him taking his mask off originally. I didn't like that at first. You're right. Uh, $2 from Shaw. Raquel has improved so much. Both great chemistry. Yes, I agree. All right, so uh, after that matchup, once we come back, or we get a tease at least, if we see we see a shirtless Cameron Grimes running down a street yelling, and uh, so they tease that maybe he's coming back to the Capitol Wrestling Centers. Oh, my God. Uh, back hey, from Ray. I, I, I got to answer this real quick. Okay. Uh, Razor Jim 555 to 666 saying, Rhea needs to go to the main. I don't know. We saw what happened when she, uh, she was kind of on the main for, uh, you know, earlier this year, working with Charlotte, and then she – she cooled off quick there, so I, I say keep her on NXT for a while. <laughs> I also like this. Glenn in the chat, is, is, that, is that referring to the love for the women? Is that the, the, the real? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's saying Glenn's uh, doing some part-time work in the chat tonight. <laughs> All right, so we come back. I do want to know the quick fun backstage. They show uh, Drake Maverick, who's dressed up as Hollywood Hulk Hogan, and he cuts the Hulkster promo, and then here comes two guys. One's dressed like the giant, what Big Show was in WCW. The other is the mummy, and they start to do the, the weird thing that they did at Halloween Havoc, where they, they both dry hump Hogan. Yeah. And then Killian Dane comes through the curtain dressed as a Shockmaster, but he doesn't trip, which pisses Drake off. And then Drake grabs the helmet, and he trips. Uh, so just a fun little WCW yep. spoof. I popped for this. This was yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're a younger fan, you know, and don't pick this up. I mean, go back and watch some old WCW, specifically 95 Halloween Havoc. But this is a nice little nod to the. Was it 94 or 95 with the zombie that, or the uh, mummy that came out and attacked Hogan and him and Big Show? I thought the mummy came out the same night they had the monster trucks, which I thought was 95. Yeah. 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 So, okay. You were probably right. Yeah. 95. Yeah. So, yeah, so a nice little nod to the WCW ridiculousness. It was. <laughs> All right, so now we get the conclusion of this match. Uh, Cameron Grimes uh, comes, is coming back in the Capitol Wrestling Center. There's zombies. Again, there's the whole set inside of the arena. They really kind of lit the arena and made it to be something creepy. Um, Dexter Loomis comes up behind them. So we get a, you know, we get a little bit of a fight, but it's mostly, again, this is mostly zombies all around. Loomis hitting his, his big stuff. Um, and Grimes just, just lays there dead with the scene of the zombies all around him, smoke all around him, Loomis, great camera shot with the eyes, and then they put on the text yeah. uh, the end. So a little a little mini movie. Um, Matt, do you appreciate the effort here, or is this is this too hokey for you? Yeah. No, it's hokey, but I appreciate the effort still, though. Um, Grimes is annoying. was very annoying <laughs> to me, though. That's what I, you know what I'm gonna have to rewatch this because I'm you know watching this at the same time with AEW because I thought Grimes was just irritating as hell but then all these people are saying he was pretty hilarious so boy boy uh, uh, zombies are coming after like it was just, <laughs> I don't know well I I think I, I he he Cameron Grimes has no business being like 
Randy Orton when he's in Bray Wyatt's house years ago, or AJ Styles having the the the, the cojones no. at the oh, graveyard. So so, so Grimes has to be kind of like, oh yeah, I'm Cameron Grimes, baby. I'm tough, but he but then he's immediately scared by a tricycle that went by him. Okay, like, a couple times, great. It was the entire. That's all I remember about this was that multiple times. Oh, okay. oh, I'm here. Like, so I, I like I, I don't want I don't want crap on it because I did like it. See, I hated it when I watched it, but I think I got to go back and watch it by itself because it it just came across as just so like there's there's a, a cheesy level to where it's fun to watch and it's kind of funny, and then there's like the one we just talked about last you... segment. Last segment was cheesy, but it was hilarious. Wait, which with, one? Uh, uh, with Spud, with Drake. With yeah, that was. Totally, I, that that was wasn't like that wasn't fifteen minutes long. That's what it is. Exactly. I was gonna say the, the trick was uh, Drake and them turn ninety seconds into a fun little nostalgia uh, pop. This thing ultimately went 10, 12 minutes. So it's like maybe maybe it's, it was just too long. Hence, to Matt's point, Grimes had to keep repeating the same things, which just got redundant and, and annoying. Yeah, but, I mean, that, a lot of the stuff looked cool, but. Uh... I just thought it went way too long, but again, I'm going to have to watch yeah, it again. The visual, I, my first the fi- time watching it, I, I didn't like it. The final visual, when Loomis is looking at the camera and the end comes, and what you see behind him with the creepy girl, those are zombies and the smoke, and they're all surrounded, a, a knocked out Grimes, that's a badass visual. That makes that, that, mm-hmm. that up Dexter Loomis to me. So the visual, yes. Uh, another super chat real quick here as we go to the main event. Uh, Justin Lopez, $5. There goes my next Heath Slater. Vince watching Cameron Grimes tonight. <laughs> sure, Heath appreciates that. All right, we get Grimes, it. Tomas- I mean, Grimes can be pretty funny, though. He is. I mean, so uh, and granted, so is Heath Slater. But uh... stop someone for the chat room, Raj. <laughs> Don't let him intimidate you or bully you and changing your opinion. <laughs> no, I'm not changing my opinion. He, oh, okay. I thought he sucked today, but he's usually pretty funny. Eat a chat room. <laughs> All right, so we get a Tommaso Ciampa pre-tape backstage. He's cutting a promo, basically talking about uh, uh, his problems with Velveteen Dream. He says the 25-year-old prodigy has the it factor, but can't seem to get it out of his own damn way. Ciampa says, as the old saying goes, hit me with a cast once, shame on me. Hit me with a cast twice, you're a dead man. So next week, Ciampa versus Velveteen Dream and Dakota Kai versus Ember Moon. Into the finale we go, the main event here, the second uh, match that's going to be decided uh, with the wheel. It is the NXT Women's Championship, uh, defended by Io Shirai, up against challenger Candice LeRae. Shotzi does the spin of the wheel. It is a tables, ladders, and scares match. This, I did think, was the best match of the night. Uh, They gave this plenty of time. NXT had an eight-minute overrun, which I think, quite honestly, do it every week. If you can get USA to do it, give yourself eight minutes where the audience is just watching you and not watching the competition. This was... Uh, again, big spots with with tables, ladders. There was amputee, dummied arms, and blood. This was just good all the way around. But let's get to the the meat of it and the end. Here is uh, Candice looks like she is just knocked out. She has gone through her and uh, Io have gone through two tables. All of a sudden, that same scream masked person arrives, picks Lorray up on on his shoulders, shimmies her up to the top of the ladder. That's where you have to retrieve the title. And that does not work because then that per- that person ends up getting uh, uh, knocked off of the ladder by I think uh, by Shot. Yeah, Shotzi comes in and takes that person out. So now Candice is up top, couldn't get the the title. Io uh, comes up. Io sends Larray flying into a ladder. Looks like uh, it's always a brutal looking spot. Io grabs the title. Io Shirai is your champion, 
and we have to cliffhang for who this masked person is and why they are helping the Gargano family. I, I don't, to Rise's original point, first of all, this is a great match. I like this match a lot uh, for obvious reasons. It was very well executed. But who is this person? I don't have any guesses. Do you? I, I don't. I mean, just look. I mean, if the person that is going to be revealed actually was playing the character tonight, it was a pretty tall, it was a, a tall enough person compared to when they're standing next to John, Johnny. I, I was thinking it's Austin Theory, given that he's doing the uh, he quit storyline. Um, so that that was who popped into my head. This Raj, this would be a very good introduction, though, for a heater for for Johnny. That's what I thought. It would. Somebody, somebody new. So it could be somebody new, maybe. Still and a may- little green, green, and let me finish. Green and physically maybe a little impressive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, either Heater, like what they're doing with Big Jordan with AJ Styles, or it's yes. somebody, or it's somebody with Raw and SmackDown who is they ran out of stuff with and is coming. Is they're putting NXT? There's plenty of those. Uh, a lot of yeah. people are thinking it's Indy Hartwell. Um, who? Indy Hartwell. She helped Candice some weeks ago. Yeah, Brass Knucks. Yeah. Was Indy is Indy Hartwell tall and jacked? This looked like a guy. I mean, that, granted, it could have been a, it could have been a guy playing it tonight, and they then have, but I don't know. Could be like yeah. retribution. How you had the the fill-ins yeah. for the the first right. four weeks. Yeah, Ghostface wasn't always played by uh, Billy and Stu in the first screen. Sometimes they'll be the stunt actors. <laughs> um, I, I thought this match was awesome. The only thing I was worried about was Candice's bump at the end, where she took that yes. bump off the ladder to the outside. She looked like she landed with her knees first. And so I hope she's okay because that was a freaking crazy bump that she took. Yeah. All right. So that was your NXT tonight. So NXT versus AEW again. I stick with that. I think front to front to back. I enjoyed NXT a little bit more. Matt. All right. NXT is better. <laughs> Twisted your arm. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with NXT tonight as well. So there you have it. All right, let's uh, three quick uh, headlines. That's right, what we quick, have. Let's get a couple oh, of these. Oh, uh, Raj got a, more. A couple of things from the chat. Uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, someone's saying that Rock's daughter, Michael Virus, for. Oh. Uh, I think it'd be a little soon for her. It's a little but, too early, but I like the I like the thinking. I thought yeah, she's hurt. the box. Oh I yeah, she is. Right. I think she's hurt. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, LJ who's, L- who, who's LJ? Has LJ ever asked a question before? I think so. Yeah, yeah, she I've never heard it. I apologize, LJ. I've not seen you yet on here because <laughs> Raj does not allow me to eat on screen, <laughs> and I'm not missing my meal. So that's the question. Why? Random question. Why is Matt always hanging out the window? And there you go. Because I refuse to allow the talent to eat on screen. Yeah, it's unprofessional. <laughs> yeah. And Justin Toner is impressed. He says, "Yay!" Matt said NXT was better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, three quick news headlines to uh, touch on. You can read about all this in full on Wrestling Inc. So uh, and it, or WrestleMania 37, excuse me, uh, this spring still officially slated to be in L.A., but pretty much also that's not going to happen. The belief is it is going to end up back in Tampa uh, in the Raymond James Stadium, as it should have been this year. And with the NFL is playing and NFL is having the Super Bowl in the same stadium a month earlier. And Adam Schefter from NFL Insider reports that uh, the plan is to have a 20% capacity at Raymond James Stadium. Uh, the capacity is 65,000, so take 20% of that. You're looking at 13 to 15,000. So a lot of a lot could be gleaned that unless something drastically changes for the worst or better, that that's at least what we could expect for WrestleMania this year if it winds back up at Tampa Bay Bucks Stadium. So uh, 
Raj, will you be part of that fifteen thousand? You gonna brave? <laughs> you gonna brave the COVID elements? Hell no. <laughs> but it, that fifteen, that uh, that twenty is twenty five percent, right? Is it twenty or twenty five? Uh, sorry, uh, twenty percent. Twenty percent for for the for the Super Bowl. And that's that's an NFL decision. So I think right. Florida will let them do as as many as they want. They want. Correct. You got to think WWE is probably not gonna probably stop at twenty. Uh, I don't yeah. know if they'll do a full stadium, but, you know, 40, 35, 40. I was going to predict 50 at 50. Yeah. So unless something crazy happens, it looks like we're going to have WrestleMania with fans at, in a stadium. Good. Good. So, so we'll see how it breaks out. Uh, Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer noting that there's been another, we'll call it outbreak, at least the Performance Center as it relates to covid um, no major NXT talents on TV regularly seems to be have affected, and we didn't see really any changes that we know of to the matches tonight. Whether or not creative was affected, who knows? Um, so, uh, but it, it, he says as results or were aspects that were changed. We'll have to see if we can come that that comes to light. Um, my belief, based upon my understanding from some of the previous quote unquote outbreaks that the performance centers had, is that. You know, second level people that are there or that are extras will have you. Maybe it's one person or two people that you know, are at risk and all of a sudden you have to do some serious precaution of contact tracing. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how the, we'll see how the trickle down effect takes place. Yeah. It sounded more like it was due to the contact tracing as opposed to people testing for testing positive so far. So people asked to quarantine for two weeks due to results that came back from uh, due to contract contact tracing. Right. Uh, and the final story, uh, a sad one, the W or the uh, wrestling world losing, um, Another, another veteran, uh, Tracy Smothers, passed away at the age what? of fifty-eight. Yes, Tracy Smothers uh, passed away. Had been battling. He, he announced last year was battling lymphoma. He had just had a surgery just recently uh, for uh, a hernia. In fact, eleven days ago, uh, but he passed away. I believe this morning is what we've understood. Um, and obviously, Wrestling Inc. put out their thoughts Damn. and prayers and put out a story on Tracy. Um, I, I got to say, Matt, I'd love to get your yours and Raj take. You know, I, I feel like. Tracy Smothers is one of those guys in the last 20 years. You go to any independent promotion, Tracy has still been so active in the independent promotion that he's helped so many guys and girls because he's been yes. so active. At 58 years old, he was still performing, still getting out there. And I think what's what's really awesome, half unfortunate, but it, it's a testament to his success. Tracy Smothers' name is so well-known in the wrestling business. He's With He that. works so many places. But obviously, the number one place is WWE. He had a cup of coffee in the mid-90s, and it wasn't even under his name as Tracy Smothers. It was as Freddie, Freddie Joe Floyd. So the fact that he got over Smoky Mountain, WCW, NWA, WCW, ECW, I think it's a testament to, to the work that he did, that he got over so well and never got his name in the WWE lights. Yeah, there's nothing really to add to that. You, you hugged it all. And you hear all the all the guys today who talk about working with him and how helpful he is and how genuine he was backstage with, with yep. uh, wrestlers today. And to yep. this day, you know, to, he's just been like that since he, you know, stopped being a full-time wrestler. So um, it was just kind of a universal outpour uh, after his passing. So um, like you said, we, you know, uh, send our condolences to his family and friends. Uh, it's, a, it's really sad. Uh, a link is on the story on Wrestling Inc. There is a GoFundMe that has been launched to help with uh, the Smothers medical expenses. He, like I said, he just had his hernia surgery 11 days ago. Uh, an indie event has also been planned uh, this weekend in uh, Bartonville, Illinois, to raise money, uh, presumably again for Smothers and his family. So uh, anything you might be interested in contributing, you can get those links off of WrestlingInc.com's story. So, Raj, anything else? 
Uh, no, man. I think, uh, yeah, it was a good night of wrestling. We'll see. Uh, this next week is election week. Matt's not going to be able to make a couple of shows. I'm not going to be able to. We'll figure out Friday. But, uh, um, yeah, so for, for the time being, Sam is getting booked on the weekends again. So I'm going to be uh, doing the Wednesday shows with you guys. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So that that's that's about it. All right. Well, that has it. Uh, so I don't know when we'll see Matt next. I don't know when I'll see Ron. I'll try next Monday. We'll, we'll try to make it work. We're all, we're all, it's all crazy, but we'll make it work. It's fun. Uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in. Hit subscribe, leave a comment, do all the good stuff, do some more super chats for Raj's pockets and, and for the benefit of the podcast. Uh, thanks to Matt. Thanks to Raj. Thanks to all of you. Uh, again, this podcast will be back Friday night after SmackDown. So don't miss it. Make sure you hit subscribe. Have a good night tonight. <laughs>